don't know about you, but I believe that God had something special in mind when he impressed this date upon our hearts. For it was 10 years ago that we entered this building to worship as Harvest Church for the first time. 10 years ago. And I want to tell you the promise still stands. Hallelujah. And that God is still doing great things in the lives of his people. I reflected this week over the, over the great individuals we've lost. And if I begin to name them all, I'm certain I'm going to leave someone out. But we, we, we lost some treasured jewels here at Harvest Church that didn't live to see this day. And my heart breaks for their families. I miss them, Brother Ernest, Brother Jimmy and Rosa Graham, Sister Donna, Sister Faye. Brother Delton, as we entered this place, the fulfillment of the promise of God. And I believe that's why the Lord has navigated my heart in the direction today that he has. I just, out of the sake of curiosity, I want to know who today is standing on the promises of God. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I want to know from my heart, in spite of everything that we faced, and in spite of the roller coaster ride that we've been on in the last eight months, even in our media, I wonder who today is placing your hope in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God, because the last time I checked, he was still on the throne. And the last time that I checked, he was still governing the affairs of the entire universe. And I want you to know today, hallelujah, that bar nothing, he's still God. And that he can be depended on that if he made a promise brother Jerry he is God enough to keep it and we're here today because of him so I was braced for whatever the response and reaction would be to gathering again uh, inside the building the truth of the matter is speaking with several pastors a number of pastors say to me we've probably lost some people for good there are folk who were a part of our congregations that because of the duration of this pandemic, uh, they haven't been to church of any kind. They haven't been to outdoor services. They haven't been to drive-in services. They haven't watched things online or uh, they haven't watched Facebook Live. So, Pastor, the reality is that we have, we have probably lost some individuals. Well, I want our focus to be not on who we've lost, but what we've gained. Hallelujah. I want us to focus on what we've gained. Sometime God will detach you from those individuals that aren't going in the same direction that you are. And we shouldn't bellyache and cry about losing those persons. But we should bid them Godspeed and pray that they find their place in the family of God, in the kingdom work of the Lord. So thank you. For being here, let me say it from, from, from my heart. Welcome home to Harvest Church. Welcome. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want to I read one verse in your hearing and attempt to expound upon it today. In your very presence, it's penned in Paul's letter to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. If you could stand. Oh, I know you've been, I know that's been compromised for about the past eight months. It's pretty hard to stand sitting in an automobile. But we like to stand to reverence the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Amen. The Bible states this. Let us hold fast the 
confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Can I read that one more time? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Somebody glorify him. Somebody glorify him here today. Hallelujah. You might be seated in his presence if you can. God, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you, Lord, that it is a constant source of help in our lives. What a consolation today for you and I as the body of Christ in knowing that our hope, our salvation, and the full assurance of our faith is based on the promises of our faithful God. The dictionary defines the word faithful as full of faith. It defines the word faithful as trustworthy. How many know you can depend on the Lord today? Oh my, the Bible declares in the psalmist uh, writings that it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. So we know today that God is faithful. It's his word, the Bible, that is a book of many facets. It contains history and poetry and parables and proverbs, narratives, biographies, and the list goes on and on. But let us not omit or forget that the word of God contains a number of promises. I wonder how many of the faithful few at Harvest Church today are standing on the promises of God. Yes, amen. When we don't have much other foundation, what a consolation to know today that we can stand on the everlasting and eternal promises of God. We know that a number of songwriters, God is blessed with the ability to compose great songs that have ministered to people throughout the ages. And Russell Kelso Carter was one such person. Russell Kelso Carter was a Methodist minister, a, a physician, an author, and eventually a composer. And at the age of 30 years old, working in his field of profession as a physician, he became critically ill with a heart problem. It was doctors who said to him, we've done all we can do for you. How many times have we witnessed that being said to someone we love? How many times have we personally had to listen to a skilled physician say, uh, we've reached the end of the road and there's nothing more that we can do for you. But it was in that moment that Russell Carter began to pray. He began to study the word of God with the greatest intensity he ever had in his life. This was at 30 years of age. How many of us felt at 30 years of age we'd expired or we'd run our last mile? No, we feel as if at 30 years of age, we're just getting warmed up. Brother Greg, we feel that life, we are just beginning to embrace and enjoy. At 30 years of age, this man hears physicians say, there's nothing more that we can do for you. But how many know that prayer changes things? <laughs> Hallelujah. This man prayed and he uh, fervently, Brother Anthony, studied the word of God and he drew 
this conclusion. One day within himself he said, and I quote, Lord, whether you see fit to heal me or not, from now on my life is fully yours. And I'm going to stand on your promises. You may not know it and you will in a few moments, but it was in that moment that Russell Carter penned the word standing on the promises of God and lived a productive life and died at the ripe age of 79 years old. Amen. Ain't that a blessing that God gave him 49 more years after doctors said you're expired, you're out of date, your life has come to an end. Let me tell you something. God can improve the health of one. He's glory to God. Doesn't even have a degree, but they call him a doctor. Can I get an amen, somebody? Somebody ought to bless him in this place today. Amen. Glory to God. I want you to know that from the book of Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is filled with normal people who received the promises of God. And the promises of God are sealed by the highest authority. What is that, Pastor? His everlasting word. The Bible declared that heaven and earth would pass away, but my word will remain forever. So what are you telling me today? You're banking uh, your hope on the promises of God that may or may not be? No, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If God said it, God can deliver it. Oh, my saints of God, I got to move on. Oh, we want to talk a moment about the nature of God's promises, the basic features, the character, the identity of God's promises. The truth is, is that they're only in two categories, and that is conditional or unconditional. Conditional or unconditional. A conditional promise is that of which the obligation depends on certain conditions. How about Psalm 37 and 4? Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Well, what is that promise conditional upon, class? That promise is my delighting myself in the Lord. If I can rise, glory to God, off a bed of affliction, if I can rise from a bad diagnosis, if I can rise, glory to God, delighting myself in the Lord. Then the Bible tells us what? That God will give us the desires of my heart. Do you think when David returned to that camp at Ziklag that he felt like praising God? The camp was burned, his wives and children all gone. But the Bible said, glory to God, that David did what? He delighted himself in the Lord his God. He became his own cheerleader. So that's a conditional promise of God. Yes, amen. It's conditional upon our delighting ourselves in the Lord. How about an unconditional promise? It's a promise that is unqualified in nature. For the person uh, doing or giving the promise does not require anything to be done by others in exchange. What a God that we serve who makes a promise and doesn't require anything of us in exchange. Somebody missed a good place to give him praise. You say, Pastor, where is such a promise found in the Word of God? In the latter part of Genesis chapter number 9 and verse 11. Well, wasn't that after God destroyed the earth by way of water? Yes, indeed it was. But in the latter part of the 11th verse in Genesis chapter 9, God says this, Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And you know what that's depending on? Nothing from any man. That's not hinging on any man keeping any part of a covenant or promise. That's all because of the love of God that he said, I will never again destroy the earth by way of flood. You see, whether man is obedient to God or whether man is in utter and complete rebellion, I want you to know you can stand on the promises of God. 
Hallelujah. We're here today because of the promise of God. Hallelujah. Some of God's promises are fulfilled in the future. Some of God's promises are being fulfilled right now. While others have already been fulfilled. Can you give me some examples? Well, absolutely. A promise that has already are going to be fulfilled in the future is Isaiah 2 and 4. And he shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords in the plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. That hasn't happened yet because our whole world is turned upside down. But in the millennial reign of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the promise of Isaiah chapter 2 and verse number 4 is going to be fulfilled right before our very eyes. What, what a comfort today relating to the future concerning the promise of God. How about a promise that's being fulfilled right now? 2 Timothy chapter 3, brother Mike, and verse 1. But know this, that in the last days, Perilous times will come. Is that a promise being fulfilled right now? Are we not living in perilous times? What does the word perilous mean? It means full of danger. Are we not living in dangerous times? Are there many unknowns and uncertainties with regard to the things we face on a daily basis? Absolutely. So we are living in a promise of God that is being fulfilled in our current time. How about a promise of God that's already been fulfilled? Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. For behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Hallelujah to God. Does anybody know that was fulfilled in the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ? Anybody know that that promise has already taken place according to the word of God 700 years before, amen, he came uh, as a baby in a manger in a stable in Bethlehem. Isaiah the prophet penned these words. Is that a promise of God that's already been fulfilled? Somebody ought to give him glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say, preacher, I want to know that I can count on the promises. Are you asking me, are the promises of God reliable? Is that, the, is that the overall vibe that I'm getting from this congregation? Pastor, can I fully depend on the promise of God? Amen. Is his promise fully reliable? You better believe it is. Amen. Because the reliability of a promise depends solely upon the credibility of the one who made it. How many of you know that God's God right by himself? He don't need a committee. Come on, saints of God. Amen. He don't need a board meeting. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. It doesn't cause him to panic when he sees things that are happening in the world around us today. He is God and besides him there is no other. I want to tell you that the promise of God is able to be trusted. You can put confidence in the promises of God. Hallelujah. Can that be said of us? You know people make promises all the time and don't live up to them. Preach, Pastor, while you're there. 
My parents used to tell me if you told an individual you were going to do something, you ought to finish the sentence with if the Lord wills. That's what James said. James said we say that we're going into such and such a place and we're going to buy and sell. But James says we need to wrap that up with the words, if the Lord wills. If the Lord wills. Hallelujah. So how reliable is God? You can put your trust in Jesus. Hallelujah. 1 Kings 8 and 56, when Solomon was dedicating the house of God, the Lord had fulfilled his every promise, brought them to the place that this beautiful edifice was erected to honor God in the city of Jerusalem. It was Solomon who quoted in 1 Kings 8, 56, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised through his servant Moses. I want to tell you, unlike us, God keeps his word. Hallelujah. Unlike many of us who will fail, unlike many of us sometimes even due to circumstances that are beyond our control, you can believe that if God, Sister Sylvia, has made a promise, that he will make good on his promise. Not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant, Moses. I read an article recently, you know, it's getting real, real close to two of the most popular holidays in the whole world, and that's Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know how they like to congregate in these malls, and guys dress up like Santa Claus, and Everybody, everybody wants their baby to go get a picture with Santa Claus. I read an article recently where this little boy ran up to Santa Claus. He's dressed in his, oh, ho, ho, come on up, little boy, and get your photo taken. Little boy said, you're not a politician, are you? And Santa Claus said, well, no. <laughs> well, why on earth would you ask that question? He said, because politicians always make more promises than they can deliver. Hello, somebody. So even the little people are paying attention. Oh, my God, you ought to preach while you're there a minute, Pastor. Can, can our word be trusted? Can people depend on us to honor what we say and the promises that we make? Oh, my, can it be said of us as it was said of God that he keeps his promises? Hallelujah. What are the purposes of the promises of God? What, what are God's reasons for doing the things that he does? Well, what are the promises of God meant or the promises of God purposed to accomplish? That depends on the nature of the promise. Amen? There are all kinds of promises in the Bible. And for the sake of time, I, I, I just don't have time to go over them all. But I just selected a few that I thought were applicable to us today. Number one, they're warning promises in the word of God. These promises inform someone in advance of danger, in advance of problems, and things of that nature. While they also uh, help others that are wayward get back on track with God. Isn't it amazing that God loved us so much that he placed those promises within the pages of his word? Psalm 9, 17, the wicked shall be turned into hell 
and all the nations that forget God. You say, that's pretty, that, that, that's pretty stiff. But it's a promise of God. It's a promise of God. Well, who, who, who is it? It's warning individuals of the dangers that are to come. How about Hebrews 12 and 6? For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And he scourges every son whom he receives. Prior to that, the Bible says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. For whom the Lord loves, he also chastens. That's a, that's a warning promise that we're straying off the path, that we're getting wayward. So that's a, that's, a, that's a warning promise of God that's trying to help us to get back into alignment, get back on the right track with him. Now, how, how, how would we feel if we stood before God and didn't know that those promises were available to us in his word? But God has dotted every I and crossed every T. Warning promises of God. How about guiding promises? Did God leave us guiding promises? These promises deal with God's desire to direct us even in all of our decision making. I love Psalm 32 and 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Wow. What a comfort today to know that God invests in our future. And that God invests in our well-being. How many of you know that God wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed? Hallelujah. That's the promise of God. How about comforting? I'm sure that everybody in their life in this room have been in a place where they're needed to rely on the comforting promises of God. If I were to poll you right now in this room, how many of you could immediately say the promise of God that comes to your mind? What's the promise of God that immediately comes to your mind? I knew it. I knew that was going to be at the forefront. But I love the entirety of that promise that's found in Deuteronomy chapter number 31 and verse number 6. You got to understand that there was some uncharted territory, John. You got to understand that, that, that Moses, Joshua, and the children of Israel were standing in a strange place. Moses, because he was disobedient to God, is not going to inherit the promised land. Yes, he disobeyed God. The Bible said, for that rock that followed them was Christ. So Moses had no idea that what he had done. But because he was disobedient to God, he does not inherit the promised land. He gets to view it. He gets to look over into it. But he never gets to inherit the land of promise. So Deuteronomy is known as Moses' farewell speech. And God has appointed Joshua, the great military strategist, to succeed Moses. Do you know this man is scared for his life? He doesn't know anything about leading up to maybe two million Jews. Some scholars say it was as few as 600,000, but could have been as many as 2 million. You think you'd be nervous? Nervous wouldn't scratch the surface of God placing that many people under my responsibility. They were facing so many uncertainties. Unknowns, you couldn't count them. 
So I'm almost certain that there was an amount of fear that was attempting to attach itself to him. But here's what the word of the living God said. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. And he will not leave you nor forsake you. Do you think you could find some strength to mount up to the challenge then? If you heard the word of God issued to you in such a manner, Brother Ernie, do you think then you could find a renewed strength to pick up, glory to God, that mantle and to carry on? Well, we know the successes that were granted unto Joshua because he led the people of God into the promised land. And it didn't matter who opposed them, who was with them. I said, who was with them? Who promised he would never leave them and never forsake them? Do you think you could find a renewed strength, amen, to keep going on a journey with that kind of promise? Oh, glory to God. I believe, amen, we felt like we could probably take on the devil and all of hell with a water gun if God made us a promise like that. Well, it's right here in the pages of his word. Comforting promises of God. They reassure us even during times of adversity and times of pain. I love Psalm 147 and 3 that states, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. What a blessing today to know that God knows when we're hurting and He tends to us with the care of a kind physician. I don't know about any of you, but when I was a child and, and I was sick, my daddy couldn't comfort me in any kind of way. He didn't have the touch. But my mother, oh glory to the Lamb of God, she can make it all feel better. How many testify to what I'm saying in your presence on today? You see, men, we're cut from a different fabric, but I want you to know that God gives a mother those instincts to care for her child like none other. And when we're ailing and, and when we're hurting and in pain, it's only a mama that can talk uh, oh glory to God a renewed strength within us she can give us hallelujah hope that things are going to get better things are going to get better and that's just how God cares for his people that's how he tends to us with the care of a kind physician hallelujah so now we've considered the nature and the purposes of God's promise let's really look at what's important about God's promises Let's look at the crooks of, of, of God's promises. And, 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 and what is the crooks? It's the most important part of the promises of God. Are they, are they of any value to me unless I claim them? No. They're of no value to us whatsoever if we don't claim the promises of God. You say, well, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not certain that I'm tracking with you on this one. Pastor, you know we live in a society now, you know, it's just name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. No, I'm not talking about that mindset. I'm talking about we approach the promises of God with a mind made up that we are going to declare what God said in his word. It applies to me. We are going to affirm what God said in his word applies to me. As a matter of fact, we are going to profess by faith. How else can it be done? It can only be done through faith. 
through faith. Well, preacher, we all know what faith is. The Bible said in Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, is the evidence of things not seen. Do you understand the depth of that? Do you understand the depth of that verse? Oh, we hear it. We hear it, and we've heard it thousands of times. But do we know what faith is? Yeah, preacher, the Bible just said faith is. Now faith is. But do you know that faith is something that we have to have to please God? You believe that? Because in that same chapter, Brother Mike, in the book of the Bible, Hebrews chapter number 11, around the sixth verse, the Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Anybody understand what faith is now? Believing in something you can't see or feel. That's what faith is. Hallelujah. Somebody said, we're not going to do a trust fall here this morning, are we? No, we've already had that example here in the church many years ago. Many of you guys know Brother Paul Drake Oxnard. He's one of the biggest statured men uh, that attend this church. I said, Paul, do you trust me? He said, yeah, I trust you. I said, close your eyes. Fold your arms across your chest. And when I give you the command, I just want you to obey what I've asked you. Standing right in front of the whole church, I said, now, just fall backwards. And without hesitation, he didn't know if anybody was behind him. He didn't know if anybody was going to catch him or he was going to hit that floor like a sack of bricks. He didn't have no idea. But the key is he trusted me. He trusted me. He knew that I wouldn't cause him injury or harm. How many of us know today that God doesn't want to cause us injury or harm? That God wants to bless us. Hallelujah. You see, true faith is not just a, an accepting faith that God exists. It's not just a passive faith. Everybody says they know that God exists. Well, how do you know God exists? Everybody says they know they got a brain. Well, you've never seen it. How do you know? A lot of people say, well, seeing is believing. We believe a lot of stuff that we've never seen. I might as well preach while I'm here. Glory to God. We believe all kinds of stuff we've never seen. But faith is one of the most difficult things for us to embrace. Preach, Pastor. Amen or owe me somebody. But true faith, again, is not just some passive or accepting belief in the existence of God. True faith actively seeks after God and seeks after His will uh, with the bold belief that God Himself will reward His faithful people. How many of you here today want to know how to obtain faith? Come on, it's not a trick question. How many today want to, want to know how to obtain more faith? Can I take a moment to explain it? We obtain more faith by being exposed to the Word of God. Oh my. Come on, Pastor, I need some supportive evidence. Romans 10, 17. The word of the Lord boldly states, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Is that how I obtain more faith? Absolutely. 
we live in an age right now, Brother Mike, where people are terrified to assemble in a place of worship like this. And that old verbiage that people said, I can get everything I need right there at the house. Now, you know, boy, they're leaning on that with two crutches this morning. Now, you know, now you know with all your heart, see, I can get everything I need right here at the house. I, they got all kind of preaching on TV and they got it on Facebook Live. And I don't have to go to church to get what I need. That is a lie from the very pit of hell. For Paul tells the Hebrews, fail not to the assembling of yourselves together. What does that mean? Simply put, go to church. Yeah, go to the house of God. David didn't say, Mayor Greg, David didn't say, I was so sad when they said, David didn't get knots over his eyes and wind in his cheeks and say I was mad when they told me I had to go to God's house. But John David said I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Oh yeah, my friend, what are you trying to say? No, I think the word of God has already said it. So then how do I obtain more faith by being exposed to the word of God? Listen, before we call, we must believe. Before believing, we must hear. And before hearing, somebody must preach the message of the cross of Christ. Amen? Am I right? That's the word. You read Romans chapter number 10 in your leisure and you're going to find that the word of God goes on to say, how shall we hear if we have not a preacher? So amen, before we can ever call, we have to believe. Before believing, we must be able to hear. Do you know there's a difference between hearing and listening? I preached this before, so I know that we are well versed in the distinction between the two. There's a difference in hearing and listening. To hear means to perceive by ear. But to listen means to pay attention so you can hear. So a lot of people hear but they don't listen. Today I'm preaching on standing on the promises. Thank God it weren't sitting on the premises. Amen. Because for eight months we've been sitting on the premises. So thank God today we're standing on the promises of God. Hallelujah. Oh my, I'm trying to close y'all. I'm trying to close. Not only does hearing initiate saving faith that comes from exposure to the word of God. It helps us as believers to grow in faith as we continue to study the word of God. I pray that my wife has the words available for us on the screen because we're going to sing Russell Carter's famous hymn, Standing on the promises of God. Amen. You don't have them, honey? How'd you let me down like that? No? I'm just teasing. We know the chorus. We definitely know the chorus. John, you might need to take it down one. I figured that out pretty quick. Standing, standing, 
on the promises of Christ my Savior. Standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. How many at Harvest Church today in all your heart are standing on the promises of God? You say, Pastor, how many promises are there in the Bible? Well, that's pretty, pretty startling in its own right because it depends on the persons or group of people who've invested the time into researching the promises of God. One research group said there were over 8,100 promises in the Word of God. But this will bless you. He tells us that over 7,400 of those promises are the promises that God made directly to man. You want to know how God feels about you? He's invested 7,400 plus promises, amen, into your life and the betterment of your life. Somebody ought to wave both hands today and give the Lord a praise. Yeah. So I want to challenge you as the ushers assist you in your exit this morning. You've already been given instruction. You'll be called by Rose. Amen. Those two sections of pews on my right will exit to your left. Those two sections on my left will exit to your right. These gentlemen will be so kind to assist you. And I want to tell you today, amen, Brother Tommy? Yes, sir, you can say a word. Yes. Yes, sir. Right. Absolutely. Amen. Let's pray for her today. Amen. Can we do that? And we can invest the time throughout the balance of this week to still call Sister Judy's name out to the Lord. Can't we do that? Hallelujah. Now you say, Pastor, sometimes uh, the promises of God, um, you know, they take a long time in coming to pass. Well, that's where we're required to have patience. Uh, because how many of us know God's not operating on our time? And that God's timing is different than ours. You see, we grow as we expose ourselves and we continue to study the Word of God. Believing in every promise that's available to us as His dear children. So I want to say to us today that the wisest decision that any person could ever make is to link your life to that of Jesus Christ in faith and in repentance. And from that very moment on, live in accordance with the promises of God. You know what God also promised us? God promised us through the writer John in the book of Revelation. He promised us a home where we never have to cry anymore. Hallelujah. He promised us a place where we'd never be heartbroken anymore. He promised us a place where we'd never die again. Somebody ought to raise both hands today and glorify him for his promises. I'm going to stand glory to God on no matter what comes my way. If I show up to church and these pews aren't full, I'm still going to stand on the promises of God. I'm going to believe every word of God that's available to me as his beloved child. He loves us and cares for us. Would you lift your hands towards heaven and just give him praise. Hallelujah, Father, we love you. We worship and adore you. Thank you, Lord, for every promise of your word available to us as your beloved children. You are our 
God's word. And if you've said it, Lord, we believe and receive in the power of Jesus' name. Touch Sister Judy's body today, God, as we know that only you can. You said in your word that you sent your word, and your word healed them. And we believe, Lord God, that if you've done it before, you can do it again. We glorify you right now and give your name all praise. In Jesus' name, God's church shouted, amen.